Sometimes you gotta go back to actually move forward. I don't mean all the way back to dental school. Let's face it, that was an awful experience. But when it's all said and done, you still have questions. That's what Paul and Justin are here for. To answer your questions as your dental business mentors. What's up, everybody? This is Dr. Justin. I'm here with Dr. Paul Etchison. We are your dental business mentors. Paul, brother, it's been, what, like a month since we've recorded some episodes, right? Yeah, I think maybe two. Yeah, and what's changed since the last time we talked? Oh, what has changed? So many things. Life is so much better. I'm a lot more chill. I got a lot more chill at the practice. Since we recorded last time, I had COVID come through my house. That all, all results and all ending of, of that is good. Yeah, that's about it. How about you? Yeah, man, I can relate to that. I mean, I love hearing when you say I'm chill and relaxed because you got a lot, you still got a lot going on, right? Marriage, family, kids, practice, and you know, everything else you're doing, but, but you're relaxed, which means, you know, you're being intentional about picking and choosing what you're, you're going to focus on and, and what you're going to give meaning to. So that's, that's pretty cool, bro. Well, I feel like I took on way too much for a long time. And as my schedule freed up, I had that urge to, Let's get more stuff. And then I just stopped it. I just smacked myself on the hand like, stop that. I think I found a good balance now. I think I'm going to keep it how it is. I'm not taking on anymore, at least for now. Bingo. So what's the question today? So this is a good one. This is one that always interests people because it's someone asking, like, what are your most effective treatment presentation and acceptance tips? So, like, what is the, you know, we all, we could go on and on about treatment acceptance, but, like, what is the main like the biggest nugget we can give. So I'll let you go, Justin. What is your like biggest key to treatment acceptance? Yeah, that's that's a great question. So it's it's common because we have people come into the practice, they show up, doctors will present treatment to them, and then treatment acceptance, when you look at the statistics, can vary anywhere from like 20% to above 80% for certain procedures. It's not only the acceptance rates, not only based on the dentist and how they present, and the patient's willingness to accept, it's also based on the type of procedure, right? I mean, if something's bread and butter dentistry that's, you know, covered by insurance and there's not any out of pocket, I mean, your acceptance rate's going to be quite high as long as you can demonstrate that the condition exists, you're good to go. Things that have out of pocket expenses, orthodontics, implants, veneers, things of that nature, or things above and beyond what insurance covers, the idea of bringing a patient back more frequently than insurance covers for hygiene, all those things is where kind of that lower treatment acceptance can exist if you don't learn to present it appropriately. So my philosophy is simple. Complexity kills case acceptance. It's the enemy of case acceptance because I have an opportunity to be in operatories with doctors. We get doctors to record their their treatment presentations. I get a chance to listen to them. So when someone tells me, hey, I'm just I just want to increase my treatment acceptance, okay, I said send me 10 recordings, right? And we'll have someone listen, deconstruct them. We'll, we'll give you some feedback because we need to know what you're doing. And so if they send me some recordings, I get a chance to listen. And here's what I typically see when it's not going well. Number one, they're talking over people's head using technical jargon. Like, 
oh, well, we're noticing here you have some inflammation or pulpitis and, uh, you know, that's caused by bacterial infiltration into the nerve and yada, 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 right? Or their patient wants the crown. They don't recognize that the patient's actually going to do the crown and they keep on talking and drawing pictures and margins and different crown types. We could do porcelain. We could do a metal around here with a gold collar or this, you know, all these different things. The, we are not teaching patients how to do dentistry. We're just showing them what the problem is what the consequence of that problem is and what the solution is. And then we stop talking and I call that P C S S problem, consequence, solution, stop. And I'll illustrate with this with a very simple example. Patients got amalgam fillings in place or some type of fillings, teeth with cracks in it. Maybe they're a Bruxer or something like that. So you see some cracks, craze lines, things of that nature, large restoration, you know, they could use a crown, not on one, but maybe multiple teeth. So the way we would present that is, Hey, Paul, intraoral picture up, key, super key, have an intro photo, okay? Show them what's going on. We're going to put that intro photo on the television, whatever the setup is in your app practice, could be on a computer, whatever that may be. They should see it. Hey, Paul, do you see this right here as we're kind of tracing that area? Yeah, I do. It kind of looks like a crack. If they don't, you can show them. Well, that's a crack, okay? So that's the problem. What happens is the cracks will typically grow and spread, and that can cause pain, infection, or tooth loss. Consequence, what we do in that circumstance is we place a cap or a crown over the tooth, and you can't see this, but I'm kind of got my hand over top of you know a tooth or, or my hand over top of the other end. What we do in that circumstance is place a cap or crown on the tooth to hold that together, okay? And we stop talking. And let them ask questions. Half of the patients will likely ask questions. Your left brain analytical engineer type questioners inquisitive. The other half will say, okay, that makes sense. Now, if they don't say anything at all, this is what the biggest mistake is. Everyone just starts talking again because it's awkward. It's awkward. And I, and I know we're trying to keep this short, but if we were to just stop talking for five seconds, That's just five seconds and it seems like an eternity. So what we do is, what we do is, boom, we go in and we start talking and we talk our way out of it. We confuse the patient. We think they want more information. So the best thing to do is once you stop talking, you just wait, wait for five or 10 seconds. If the patient doesn't say anything, simply ask, do you have any questions? If they don't just say, okay, just so I understand that we're, you know, we're both on the same page. I want to make sure I haven't confused matters here. Do you understand exactly what's going on and what needs to be done? Yeah, it looks like there's a crack and I, I need a crown on that. Great. The thing is, we'll get that set up for you, but you also have three or four other teeth just like that here, here, and here. Most of our patients choose to do it all at one time, sometimes under some form of sedation so they can get it all done at one time. Is that something you'd like to do, right? Like we're not pushing them in, in any direction, but that's a very simplistic idea. And I don't want you guys to cherry pick or take things out of context because treatment presentation, I mean, I have a whole chapter in my book about it. I, I've done two-day programs on it. Paul and I, we both know it's it can get busy as you, as you continue to grow here and the information we provide. You can get in with analogies and stuff, but take only one thing away from this. PCSS, stop. Ask them if they have any questions. Use the visual as well. Those are kind of the three things. Like don't over talk, don't over complicate. What would you say, Paul? 
Yeah, I mean, same thing. Uh, the PCSS is that I have found, and I've done this because the consultants say, you know, sell the benefits. Sell, tell, tell them what the benefits are of treatment. Hey, you get to keep your tooth for a long time. And I think the fact of the matter is, is that just doesn't motivate anyone to do anything. So when we're talking about treatment acceptance, we're almost getting in the realm of, gosh, are we selling? Are, are we, are we slanging stuff? Like, are we doing things that are unethical? And I think the thing is, is that, if we really believe a patient needs treatment, the ethical thing is to do whatever it takes to get them to complete that treatment. And with a lot of these problems in the mouth, they don't hurt. So what do we, where's the problem? They don't even think they have a problem. So I do the same thing. You know, you got to have a visual, got to show the crack. And, and we're talking about crowns here because I think that is probably asymptomatic cracked teeth that with large restorations are probably the most difficult. One of the most common day-to-day things that we are trying to explain to patients, but at the same time, difficult to get acceptance to because they don't hurt. So I will always say, hey, you see this crack right here? Just like that. Yeah, wait, let them see it. And then you say, you know, like this is a crack. It's just like a windshield crack. It will keep cracking. We don't know when. It could be today at lunch. It could be five years from now. But the problem is, is we let it crack. It could go through the nerve and you need a root canal or it could go down the root and we have to take the tooth out. What we do is we put a crown on it that protects it and it acts as its armor for the tooth so that you can keep the tooth a long time. And then you stop. And you're right. That awkwardness of the stopping and waiting for them to respond, it's awkward, but it's a gift. You know, it, it's a skill. And we're supposed to be awkward. We're dentists. We're weird. We're strange. So it's okay. Like, you know, the dentist said the weirdest thing to me and he just sat there and stared at me and it was like 10 seconds of silence. Dude, just, just wait it out. It almost feels like it's, it's like this almost like a power thing for me. I'm like, I can go longer than you and I can stare you right in the eye and look at you without talking, you know? But, but that's what it is. And, and, and the only thing I would change with what you said is that I like to say, like, what questions do you have about that? Or I like to say, tell me how you're feeling about that. Tell me how, tell me how you're feeling about what I just told you. Because I want to get some kind of response of, well, it doesn't hurt. Or, oh, what's it, well, what's it going to cost? Because now I'm fielding out an objection that I can handle. Oh, like, is it going to hurt? You know, is it going to be painful? What's the procedure like? You get more information. You find out what is the thing that's going to keep them from saying yes when you ask the manner and tell me what questions you have or tell me how you're feeling about that. Because I want to address those. I don't want my treatment coordinator to have to address those. I know, and she can if she wants, but I would say that's the biggest thing, you know, and, and one thing I want to piggyback on that is when we come into a new patient exam or a, a new patient emergency or any emergency whatsoever, I think it's very important to kind of build some rapport before you start talking about teeth. You know, where are you from? Like, where'd you grow up? You got any kids? Like, and just kind of get to know the person. And I know sometimes we're really busy and it's hard to do that. And we don't want to do it because we got three things going on in three other rooms and we just want to get in out of hygiene. But I think to really bump up case acceptance is building that rapport and getting to know your patient before you dive into the dentistry. But I'm with you, Justin. I spent a long time in my career doing selling the benefits of a crown and of giving treatment. And for me now, it's just this is what's going to happen if we don't do anything. Now, I'm not going to go into say we got a class two filling. It's just a minor class two. I'm going to say if you don't get this treated, it's going to end up in a root canal. And it's not like I'm going to say this is going to end up in a root canal and you're somebody who's really low for decay and it's probably going to take a good five, six years and you could probably watch it for a good five, six years. No, I'm going to say, dude, this is going to end up in a root canal if you don't get it treated. And I'm, I'm not going to go into much more detail than that. It's like going to a trip to Hawaii. What's a trip to Hawaii like? Let's talk about all the cool stuff at Hawaii, but let's not talk about all the steps in between packing your bags, going through security at the airport. But that's what we like to do as dentists. We get all detailed of the margins and all the stuff. Nobody gives a shit. 
No one gives a shit except for us. And I don't know why we spend so much time talking about it, but I think you're right. It's that silence and we just don't know how to fill it. So I'm with you. PCSS. I like it. Yeah. I mean, I think you touched on some, some points before we wrap this up because we're a few minutes over time, but I want to make sure that you guys take some of the pertinent points Paul mentioned, right? We're trying to keep this concise, obviously. So we're trying to give you as much as we can. And, and I want to just give it to you in a linear sequence. So build rapport, right? That's super important because if you don't build rapport, there's no relationship there. That's a little tougher. That can be extended to, you know, in hygiene, when your hygienists present it this way, there's a lot of rapport built. It increases case acceptance as well. So rapport is important. Connecting with people builds trust. And that's that's the best part about what we do, right? We get a chance to communicate with people and connect with folks. The second thing is don't complicate it. So just PCSS. The third thing is you can ask them, like Paul said, how do you feel about this? Just so I know we're on the same page. Can you just kind of explain to me what needs to be done, right? Or what your understanding of this is. Just some sort of affirmation that they get it so that you can elicit an objection and you can deal with that objection, okay? Last thing we didn't talk about, it's important, is the money. People, Most of the time, it's going to come down to finances, right? So you've built rapport. You've explained it. Very simple. They get it. They know what the consequences are. They know what the solution is. It's going to come down to money. And so we have to have the ability to make it affordable. And that doesn't mean dropping your fees. That just means having your treatment coordinator come up with financing arrangements oftentimes. And that will help you increase it as well when people can pay that off over a period of you know a number of months. And one thing w- worth mentioning is that, I mean, on Dental Business Mentor, our most robust module is the case presentation module. I think there's got to I think we got 32 videos on that and, and analogies. Yeah, a lot. And we even got a section that's a seven video sequence for people at your front and your treatment coordinators and how they should present it, how they should present finances and do their part of the whole transaction. So great stuff on Dental Business Mentor, $179 a month right now. So check that out. Send us in your questions, info at Dental Business Mentor, and we will talk to you next time.